Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its 78th episode. I definitely encourage and suggest after listening to this episode that you go back. If you enjoyed the content from your first time listening experience, then definitely go back to episode one, the beginning, the genesis, so to speak, uh, and uh, take a listen and see how we got to this point and what this show is 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 about and if you watch enough episodes you'll be able to sort of thread together what this whole conversation is about uh, if you are a returning listener again thank you for lending me your ears and if you do have any questions suggestions concerns criticisms or business inquiries and collaborations sponsorship anything of that matter definitely email us at whose world is this Two one at gmail.com. That is whose world is this two one at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram page that you can follow <clears throat> uh, with the same thing. If you feel like uh, leaving a message, definitely leave one, follow the page. That's whose world is this two zero two one. All right. Whose world is this two zero two one. Also, thank you guys for buying uh, the journals and purchasing journals and making gifts out of them from ChavezHouse.com. That is C-H-A-V-E-S House.com. You can either purchase the, our journals, our notebooks, decorative notebooks, uh, how-to blueprint uh, uh, manuals. All of these things are available at ChavezHouse.com. A friend to this platform for sure. You can go to Amazon and actually type in the search engine Chavez House Publishing and all works authored by Lenore Batista are under the Chavez House umbrella. So no other works right now. So if you do see some, if you type in Chavez House Publishing, that's Chavez with an S, C-H-A-V-E-S. If you type that into the search engine and you see other things, always look for the ones that have Lenore Batista as the author. That is the author those her original works are awesome we buy them we like them we use them all right so i vouch for them wholeheartedly and may they make great gifts for you and someone else definitely pick one up <clears throat> in any case where do we go today from here uh from where we were we had an interesting conversation over the last uh i guess several conversations over the last three or four episodes they've gone all over the place i've went from speaking about russia to uh millennials you know i had an episode where i was speaking about uh maternity leave and you know work-life balance is that a, is that a myth all these things have happened over the last i want to say five or six episodes i i don't think it's a departure from what we've spoken about before because all of these have overarching uh, overarching um, um, lessons that have to do with what's going on in the United States, <clears throat> has to do with what's going on in Europe as well. Let's just say no matter where you are in the world, there's probably someone who can relate and, and actually and, and use this information and, and utilize it in some way, shape, or form. That's why, um, it's funny, I was speaking to a friend of mine <clears throat> who lives in the Netherlands, and uh, one of the episodes that I did on Russia touched home, 
uh, Russia, United States and things like that, because um, where he lives, is, uh, it's pretty peaceful, very neutral, you know, that sort of neutral side of the world, you know, Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, Netherlands, that that area which is considered um, neutral. They don't have a very neutral past when it comes to certain things that occurred that, that, that allowed them to be neutral. And he said one of the episodes I spoke of, I think I maybe I mentioned it, or maybe I mentioned it even in conversation with him because I met him when we were uh, Southeast Asia volunteering and I had that conversation. And like I told you guys, the conversations that I have here, I've had with people from all walks of life. I, I, I may pull punches when I'm around certain people, but I, I'm still uh, having these conversations, you know. Um, and when I say pull punches, I think on this show, I'm, 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 I don't have any interruptions, so I'm just able to speak my mind. So I'm not overly concerned with a person that I may be offending or not. I don't have those concerns because I know my heart's in the right place and I do my best to articulate my perspectives that are, you know, well reflected on. But I said that a lot of these neutral countries have the the luxury of being neutral now because of things that have happened occurred in the past that they were able to profit off of that that paid for their neutrality. And he said that touched home. He said that touched home because, you know, there have been more and more conversations coming about uh, out about how many European nations have profited off of third world strife even till today. And, you know, um, it's easy now to sit on this perch of we're above that, but you were not always above that. And who paid for your pedestal? You know, who paid, wh who and what paid for your perch, the perch that you are now on, where you get to stand above, you know, and look down on the divisions that are occurring in the world. You know, is it paid for by the blood of the same very third world that's still in strife and the same ver same strife that's occurring today? The, is that what paid for your pedestal? You know, so things like that. I don't have a problem saying that because these are truths. This is not me being triggered or emotional or reading into it in some sort of theorist. This is what it is. You know, follow the breadcrumbs, follow the money, people. In any case, we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, what we're going to talk about is we're going to have a little continuation of the conversation we had before previous episode where we spoke about men men build wise men build and destroy and the good women behind them build and destroy as well women are accessories to what men are doing in our society they are not bystanders they are not victims in the western world as as we speak today in the in the western world women are accessories and this is a tough thing. And I'm using that for, for a phraseology because I did the episode and I love to respond to uh, the conversations on here because this way I don't have to, um, how do you say it? Uh, I can speak to a whole host of points that certain people in my life have made as response, as responses to the things that I say. So I get to do this show and do this platform and have multiple conversations at one time. That's the awesome thing about this. So one of my friends said, um, uh, female friends, she loved the episode. She thought, whoa, that was, you know, it was, she thought it was in your face in the standard third. I didn't think it was very in your face. I just, I thought I kept it very uh, calm or I don't know, non-confrontational or unprovocative. 
but I knew the topic was a bit, you know, could be considered edgy because it's not spoken about often. And what did we speak about last episode? We spoke about the fact that this idea that these wars are created by men, these wars and the strife and the famine and everything that's going on in the world is man made, but not man made as humankind made, but male made. And I retorted in my response and my counter to that is every man comes from a woman. And how much responsibility is going to be bared is the female of our species going to bear because the true sign of strength, heroism, uh, 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 adulthood uh, is responsibility and accountability. You know, when you're, when you're able to grow and take ownership, when you're able to take ownership of your actions and your contributions to certain things, however unpopular, and, and, and take ownership and accountability of mistakes that you might have made, that's your growth. So it's easy to point at men. I said, wise men build and destroy. Wise men build buildings and, they, and they, they, they build a technology and they put in the blood, they put in the sweat and they put in the tears to get that building to stand. Some people will die. Some people will be permanently injured in the, in the construction of a building. Permanently injured or dead, you know? Am I right or wrong? Almost every construction site has someone who's been maimed, pers- injured, maimed, or killed at a construction site. Would build this civilization even the people that were of peace, that were just builders, regular workers going back and forth to work. Construction sites, they die all the time. I know a lot of people in construction in New York. Someone's always dying. You can't go a calendar year without someone getting permanently injured or poisoned or taking in too much smoke. Construction workers don't really age well in, in NYC. And what I mean by that is if you're exposed to as many toxins as they are on a daily basis, their life expectancy is significantly lower than the average male life expectancy. As a matter of fact, it's men that do these dangerous jobs that bring down the life expectancy of men. You're exposed to all of it, whether you're in mechanics, whether you're in engineering, if you're around chemicals and gases and oils that we still don't understand the long-term effects of constant consistent exposure and then before you can even do a study on that if people even care enough these men are dying in their 60s as opposed to their 70s and 80s and 90s okay but in any case the same men that build these buildings are the same men that are building missiles that destroy those buildings wise men build and destroy and i said that equal opportunity is what we're talking about right now in the united states that's one of the big buzzwords is diversity inclusion and equity Equity meaning equality. Equality means that we share and share alike 50-50 down the line. I get paid to do the same job. You get paid to do the same. We're getting paid the same salary. And I mentioned something. I said, you know what? I'm going to add something. Diversity, inclusion, equity, accountability. I'm going to do a brief synopsis on what I spoke about last time. I said 84. It's been, it's been written that since 1984, the majority of the electorate that has voted for the presidency has been female. That means I can sit here as someone could say, hey, listen, ladies, what do you guys have been doing? We have the worst income inequality that the world has ever seen. We have this, we have that. You guys have been voting in these presidents. You're the majority of the electorate right now. As of right now, more than 50% of law students are female. As of, as of today, in t- March 2022, the majority, over 50 percent, 
of the medical students are female. That means our world should be significantly different. It shouldn't just be about token hires. Oh, she's a woman, so she becomes a twofer. In the corporate world, they call a woman hire a twofer. Especially if she's a, especially if she's a, uh, uh, a, a, a woman of color. They call women twofers. What's a twofer? Because corporations get a, uh, they meet certain quotas and they get certain subsidies from the government if they hire people who are considered minorities or, or um, marginalized uh, people. So women have been considered a minority and, and people who've been marginalized. So you get a minority and, and a female. So she's a minority, she's a female, and you get twofers and threefers if she's uh, biracial, if she's native, if she's this. So they get certain certain subsidies for hiring. And what I'm saying is with you have 50% of the workplace that's women. You have more than 50% of the workplace of, of the college graduates are women. I'm looking to see, is our world going to be different? Because now you're going to be more accountable. If you're a woman, you're going to be more accountable for the outcomes. You've always had a certain level of accountability and responsibility when you've, you've lived in the United States. Because as far as the world is concerned, women in the United States have been as free or freer <clears throat> than most women in the world. And in the United States, if one of the most influential professions, if not the most important profession in this country, is lawyering, is being an attorney. Why? Because attorneys are everywhere. Attorneys are the ones who lobby. Attorneys are the ones who end up being uh, prosecutors, attorney generals in our criminal justice system. Um, attorneys are the ones who end up becoming mayors and governors. Um, one of the quickest routes into politics in the United States is getting into law. You know, law, lawyers make lawmakers. That's what that's what that's what ends up occurring. So at this point in time, we're reaching an interesting moment. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you this is going to start to become the conversation. The conversation is going to start going. Well, now that we ha we're having women in large numbers becoming the gold collar workers. Now you are going to be more responsible for these outcomes. You can no longer go, ah, oh, these men and roll your eyes as if you have zero control over what's going on in the world with these men. You have zero input, zero influence, zero power. Th that's going to be a story that cannot be told. Not in a country where you are representing more than 50% of the workforce. And as of right now, you're representing more than 50% of college graduates from the undergraduate level to the uh, uh, postgraduate level. Women from bachelor's degrees, MD, law school. Whoa, it's a big deal. And if you go through all throughout academia, I just came out of academia a couple of years ago and it was, it was just women with the chairs of the department the, the, the tenured professors, the chairs of the department, all of that was female. So my thing is, are females going to be okay with the status quo? Did you just want to be included at the table or did you want to change the table? Did you want to change the upholstery, the ingredients in the meal, the whole dynamic where the, where the dinner was being held or did you just want a seat at the table? I personally do not believe that diversity, uh, that inclusion means that you're included in the game, how it's played. That's not my idea of inclusion and diversity. 
my idea of it is that rules change because you're now in the game and you're bringing your special uh, philosophy, lifestyle, all of these things come to the table. As a woman, you have special, there's, there, there's special needs as far as what I mean is a woman is the one who gets pregnant and she's the one who has to bear a child. She's the one who has to spend time with the child. She's the first teacher. She's the first nurse. She's the first cook. Why is it that we still have a five-day work week? We still have a uh, 40-hour uh, work week. We still have an eight-hour work day. There's unique circumstances that a woman goes through. She's the mother of our, of, she's the, the, she brings about the new lives that are supposed to take over, that are supposed to contribute to our society and keep our civilization going. But yet we're, we talk about work-life balance as if that's even possible with one-third of our day, at least one-third of our day being spent either going to work, working, or going home, getting home from work, and spending five consecutive days on and two consecutive days off. That's going to be women. We, since you're going to be the professionals, the VPs, the CEOs of HR, VP of HR, you're the ones who, um, uh, by and large now, these uh, remote work agencies are being being um uh what do you mean held owned by women startup companies that are um hiring remote executive assistant agencies all of this stuff that's coming up startups are are women these startups are women so now there's an opportunity you are the wives you are the mothers of the next gen you're the ones who control whether these childs come these babies come to term and actually are born, your body, your choice. You have autonomy over that. Okay? You have autonomy over who has access to your womb, who has access to your intimacy. You're the one who has access to that. You're the one who controls that. Yes, I know there are certain laws being passed in certain states right now that are saying, okay, you know, they're trying to uh, limit your autonomy over that. Okay, I understand that. But for the most part, a woman is the one who controls intimacy. They're the ones who control whether they give, whether they allow you to be intimate with them or not. That's a woman's decision. And if she says, I'm keeping it, that's her decision. If she says, I'm not keeping the baby, that's her decision. The man would have to go through great legal hurdles to see if he can somehow injunct and, 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 and some, in some way, shape, or form compel that woman to act the way he wants her to act. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying now is we're reaching a very interesting time in our society, a very interesting time, where I'm thinking that the, the pushback is going to be off the men did this world, they, this, the horrible, look, look at the war, look at the, this, yeah, but look at the buildings, the highways, the bridges, the airplanes, the water canals, the, the, the indoor heating, the indoor plumbing, the, the, the sanitation system. All of these things are still created by those same people that are about to destroy them. <laughs> They're created by the same men that are about to destroy all of that. They're bombing places now into oblivion. Anybody been to Iraq? You know, I have friends from Iraq and Iraq, you know, Iraq, is, it's, it's a little rough over there. Just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, and I was just reading an article which made me very sad um, from the U.N. The U.N. said that they're going to have to give, take food away from the hungry to give that food to the starving. I'm going to repeat what I just said. They're taking food away from the hungry to give food to the starving. 
What does that mean? That means right now, you know, Yemen, Afghanistan, Sudan, Ethiopia, there's a bunch of other countries named. UN is pulling aid away from those countries to give to what to give to the U Ukrainian refugees, the new, the newly refuged uh, 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 Ukrainians that are escaping, you know, the strife and the, the turbulence that's going on in the Ukraine. So you have that strife over there, and and you know you hear w the, you know that you hear women say men, like all of those men that are fighting had mothers. Zero to seven years old, you had complete access to these children. You, it's you. You're the mom. And that you give me the child until their seventh birthday, you show me the man. So I, I if, if anyone wants to know the world that I want to see, the world that I want to see or the America I want to see, because other countries are already doing this. You have European countries and France and places like that that are giving women a year off, maternity leave, things of that nature. And, and, and now men are getting paternity leave. You have Iceland, I think it's Iceland, that has a four-day work week as opposed to the five-day work week, which I think is a start. I think that you should actually be working three and a half to four days at about five hours a day, and that should be full-time employment. People think I'm crazy, that somehow production wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, but you know what? If you don't start having this conversation, then this conversation never happens. The five-day work week was considered revolutionary. You know, the robber barons and the industrialists in this country went insane. Went insane. Oh, my gosh, five-day work week. We're never going to get things done. What? We're going from a 16th to hour work day to a 12 hour work day to an eight hour work day we're never going to get anything done are you kidding me are you kidding me so right now the eight hour work day needs to be reduced if you want these if you really want to have this conversation now that ladies now that i look at look the numbers are stark the numbers are stark as far as they're, they're almost in black and white i'm not saying it's, it's not a bad thing but there there are men are not graduating college at the rate women are men are taking longer to graduate if they graduate at all it's almost 60 percent women are graduating within four years as opposed to 40 percent of men are graduating within four years men are men are taking about six years to graduate five to six years if not longer okay 71 percent of the college in enrollment decline has been men so you know what fastly becoming a world that women are the ones who are at these quote-unquote controls that they wanted now is that world going to look like the world we that we're in right now are we going to have a world where women now are fighting for that work-life balance that everyone keeps talking about if you're really about family if all of these politicians and this country is about traditional family values then somehow some way we're going to have to make room and make time for family because your child isn't a child for long. Your child is not a child for long. And the only way societies grow and societies build and societies sustain, maintain, is by having a robust family and procreation and descendants and, con and the, con the continuation of the family line and bloodline, the nuclear family. We can't get around that. We can speak about all the different lifestyles that exist right now and let everyone be who they are and let me be me and let me and I want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Go ahead. You go right ahead. But let's 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 keep this all the way accurate and pragmatic. If if alternative lifestyles and all these other lifestyles were the majority, our civilizations would be gone in a generation and change. 
until we could GMO these babies the way we do our food. And just, you know, every every kid is just born in some pod like the Matrix. That's not where we are yet. It still takes man, woman and child, man and woman procreating. And it takes them co-parenting that brings about these babies. So what I'm saying is in this new in this world that we're in, law school is only three years. Medical school is four to six years and, you know, four years and then the residencies, etc. If the majority of med school students are women, if the majority of law school students are women, so that means the majority of doctors will soon be women. The majority of, 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 of lawyers will be women. You have the power to change this whole matrix that we're in. If you didn't have it before or you were told or, you, or that, that notion that's been bandied about, that, oh, the man's keeping me down, the patriarchy, the patriarchy. A patriarchy is giving, is said that you are the majority in law school. The most influential profession in this country is the law. Dare I say in the world, because an American lawyer that becomes an American senator and gets to sit in the Senate and then sits on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and then the Banking Committee, you control what goes on on the planet. It starts in law school in America. Hear what I'm saying to you. From law school in America, you can control what goes on on the planet. You go from uh, an obscure attorney law student, then you start clerking, then you work for a firm, then you decide to run for office. You win your seat. You get another seat. Now you're sitting in Congress. And now you're voting on bills that will affect not hundreds of millions. That's just hundreds of millions of people here. But some of those hundreds of millions of people have families and friends and people that live overseas. And our banking system and our military system and our economic system is interdependent and is and is is plugged in with and connected to all these other systems. So where you vote as a politician. Affects everyone. Everywhere. Everyone everywhere. It was at the point that years ago, I remember the UN said something about maybe other countries should vote for who becomes president. And that was right around the time George Bush II bombed Iraq. They were like, listen, <laughs> maybe we should all vote because the things that you do affect us. Affect us. You bombing places that we're doing business with, et cetera, et cetera, for your own uni unilateral interests and, you know, and forgetting, you, you know, you, you call out interdependency when you want. And then other times you act unilaterally. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to be the lawyers, ladies, if you're going to be the and men, talk to your your women out there, your daughters, your wives, your girlfriends, your if you're in school, like, listen, you guys are about to control you guys, all that. We're oppressed, we're repressed, we're suppressed. You're, you're more than 52% of the law students and the most influential profession on the planet is the American lawyer. The American lawyer controls all of this stuff. You, you're lobbying Washington on behalf of the medical institutions, on behalf of pharmaceuticals, on behalf of insurance, on behalf of everyone, labor. You are the ones on K Street and these lobbying firms <clears throat> influencing the votes. And then on top of that, then you become the actual lawmakers. And then you're influencing the law. As a matter of fact, in, in, in most of these in these corporations, it's the lawyers of these corporate firms that write the laws and just send them to politicians. And the politicians just sign it because those major law firms and corporations are the ones that are donating millions of dollars to these polit 
politicians campaign. These politicians aren't reading 300 pages of legalese. And their interns aren't doing it either. The pages and all of those guys, they're not doing it either. So what do you have? You have the power. And I want to know what that power is going to look like. We cannot say men, men, men. Men come from women. You're the first teachers already. You had influence. The world that we have today is a world that we all are complicit in. And we are all responsible for it. And we are all accountable. We all have to eat our piece of the pie or the many pieces of the pie. Keep eating. It's easy to say men, men, men. And, and I had to push back on that because I said, let's just be accurate. Let's forget about what our college campuses are trying to tell us about intersectionality and gender relations and et cetera. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's, let's start having other conversations. And I know the college campuses as they are right now are not, are not rife with this kind of conversation because it's like I said before in my, um, when I was speaking about speaking to millennials about who, who are their giants and do they have any giants or intellectual giants that they follow, you know, in, th in this day and time, it's easier to just cancel someone. Hashtag cancel such and such. Hashtag buy, buy such and such. B-Y-E, like go somewhere. Hashtag you're a boomer. Hashtag you're out of touch. Hashtag go somewhere. It's easy to do that and not come with just cogent responses and coherent responses, you know, and ideas. I want to know what this world looks like. If, if, if I were to make a demand on the, on the women right now, and I'm making a demand as a man who notices that when I, all the businesses that I go to, I see women everywhere. And I'm like, I don't care one way or another way. Are we doing, are we making money together or not? I care less about your complexion, about who, happy for you. I'm not happy if it's the same game. It's like when everybody was so clap, clap, clappy, clap happy for themselves when, when Obama was elected. You know, I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I voted against Sarah Palin. <clears throat> okay? And not because she was a woman. I just thought she was wholly inadequate. <clears throat> and I've read years long. I've read constant. I've read historical texts that said when your when your uh, political leaders become more buffoonish, that is the clear indication of the decline of your society. It's the before if when you see people that you feel are wholly unqualified to hold certain seats and Sarah Palin, as far as I was concerned, was was unqualified, regardless of her being governor of Alaska. She just didn't have the gravitas and the depth to hold that seat. OK, so that was me. I didn't think so. So but I voted for Barack, but I didn't vote for Barack. I voted against and like Bar everybody thought, "Ooh, Barack, we have the half black mulatto president. Look at this. Everything's going to be different now. We're in a post-racial America. And I thought to myself, what? Wait, 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 wait. That's not why I voted for this dude. I, I was surprised, too, that, we, 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 that this country actually put someone in place who looked like him and had his name. But I was like, okay, the man is a Harvard graduate. He's very intelligent. He's a law, constitutional law scholar, teacher. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I know he knows what's going on. I don't expect him to change a thing. I don't expect all of a sudden that the, that um, everything's going to be legalized and he, the justice system is going to actually be blind. No, justice ain't blind. Justice may be blind, but justice is greedy because your money definitely talks. And I said, I knew that wasn't going to change. But all of a sudden, 
these movements, these people that were asking for change and equity and inclusion, they all of a sudden stopped. They stopped talking for eight years. From 2008 to 2016, they allowed Barack Obama to just say and do all the things that a George Bush would have done. All the things that they lambasted George Bush II for, they allowed under, under Barack. And then I, I just, I lost great respect for many, many people that I thought were scholars and that I thought were intellectuals because I realized, oh, you just wanted to have a seat at the same table. That's your idea of inclusion. Just include us in the same injustices that have been existing. Don't change it. Don't come in with a different attitude, with, a di with more and different ideas and diverse ideas and opinions because you come from a different walk of life and a different perspective. And now you get to inject your perspective into the, in, into the, uh, the dynamic. That's not what was going on. And I, and I fear that's what's going to happen with all the, ooh, first woman doing this. Ooh, the first woman is now heading up such and such. Is the dynamic going to change? Because we are in dire need of reform in this country. Dire need of reform. Our institutions need reform. Our conversation needs to be expanded and we need reform. And women are the ones who become the most vulnerable after a certain age. One of the, the highest uh, demographic of homeless are women. And there are women out there homeless with children. There aren't enough shelters for them. The shelters are overflowing. And a woman is very vulnerable in a shelter. She's, she's vulnerable to, 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 to violence and assaults of all types. So there's certain protections that should be in place. And I think that the whole, the, the work, the idea of how much hours it takes to screw in a light bulb how many hours does it take to screw in a light bulb at these jobs? All of these things have to fundamentally change, and it's going to be women that are going to have to change it. And if it doesn't change, I'm going to shake my head and go, hmm, guess we just wanted, you just wanted in. You know, you wanted into the burning building. You didn't, want to, you didn't come in with a fire extinguisher, did you? You just wanted to sit at this table while, it, while this house burned. That's what you wanted. You wanted to seat at the table of a burning house. You wanted to be integrated and included in this burning house. You didn't want to. You didn't want to get a fire extinguisher. You didn't want to change. You didn't want to remodel anything. Hmm. And I'm not talking about cursory remodeling. Like yeah, you know, just peripheral. Ah, yeah, new curtains and new, 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 new uh, window dressing and new window treatments. No, 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 no. I'm talking about hey, let's break this wall. Let's change these living conditions. Let's change this kitchen. Let's, ch let's move it so it, I can see this area. Let's change everything. Let's move it around. I'm for that because I know eventually men are going to benefit. <laughs> Kids are going to benefit. If anything that can get you back, and this is going to sound crazy, anything that's going to get you back to family is a good thing. Like I said, I know a ton of women who've graduated at 23, 24, 25 years old, and now they're only 30, 31 years old, and they're burnt out. They're done. These are strong, intelligent, articulate, ambitious women, driven individuals. I come from a family of driven women. You think they wouldn't rather be home with their babies? <coughs> hmm? So with all the women that are in school for economics, with all the women that are in school for, for, for MBAs and finance and, and HR and everything else, you know the logistics, bookkeeping and accounting. You know, you know the numbers. Are you going to change the way the game is played is what I want to know. And he, so then we can no longer say, men, oh, my gosh, men. Men what? 
Men what? Eventually, if we're going to have families, understand that, that we're going to have to learn to cooperate and we're going to learn to have learn how to have a new conversation about our relationships together as men and women. These gender roles and et cetera, et cetera. You're in the work. You go to work. You, you, you pop a baby out and then all of a sudden, three, four weeks later, the baby is in a daycare and it's being taken care of by a, a $10 an hour daycare worker who has to take care of your child and plus maybe a dozen others. Is that what we're talking about? Family, ma family values? I'm going to say it to you. I'm going to say the American family, women, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Something always gets sacrificed. When you were in school and you were getting straight A's, you couldn't party like the C student when you were getting straight A's. You had to give up something. Something had to give. If you wanted those straight A's, you knew you had to study and put in more work. If you knew you wanted more scholarships, you had to join more organizations on campus. And more organizations on campus meant more responsibilities and meant, and meant less free time. There's always trade-offs. You're sacrificing trading up and trading off. That's life. But in America, we are teaching, woman, you can have it all. So yeah, have that baby. And then you get subsidized daycare and drop your tiny little infant off to a stranger and go back to work. What? I'm hoping that there's a value shift because from zero to seven, what that child is taught creates the man or the woman. So I, th I it would be it would it would make sense if you would want to be an integral, essential, dominant part of that child's mental capacity when they're a when they're an actual downloadable piece of equipment right there and all they're doing is in their theta hypnosis mode is taking in all of this information so if you think just feed feeding clothing and watering this child is enough to raise them you are sadly mistaken have you guys seen the depression rate have you guys seen the depression rate Kids are on their phone more than they're with their families. Yeah. Mom and dad are at work 40, 50 plus hours a week. We get home and we spend a couple of hours with each other. And now earlier and earlier in life, you see parents trying to pacify their children with tablets and things of that nature because they don't know how to parent. And they realize I'm they're already tired from 40, 50 hours of work. You come home from the day the kid was at daycare and now they're screaming and yelling and etc. You put a tablet in front of them and all of a sudden, quiet. Instead of putting maybe a, a get them an, an, an easel and some paints and put some newspaper on the floor and give them an opportunity to create. Or, or you only you, you have a you don't even give them television. You still have a DVD player and all they get to watch are learning shows or learning games. That's not what's happening. Parents are like, no, whatever, whatever keeps this kid quiet because you went to work three, four weeks after the child was born, sometimes six, four, five weeks because you don't have sick days. You don't have enough PTOs and you don't have any maternity leave. The only country in the first world without a federally mandated maternity leave, the only country in the first world, because deep down in places where you, you where, where they're out of earshot of you. Politicians and business people are saying, oh, man, if we give if we give these women maternity leave, man, they're just going to keep having babies. 
They're going to just keep taking time off to have babies. They're not going to work. That's what they say. So what women do is they don't they don't ask for maternity leave. They don't they don't demand it in the marketplace because they feel it's going to make them non uncompetitive. That's what they think. But they don't understand what, what women don't understand is you have the leverage. You've always had leverage because there's strength in numbers. Always. Your men, that whole happy life, happy, happy wife, happy life is true. Your men, you have a lot of influence under men, over men. Use it. And now you're in the marketplace. Gold collar professions like doctors and lawyers, that's you now. HR directors, that's you. That's women now. Hmm? Academia, chairs of department, high ranking tenured professors, that's you. Publishing books on everything, making up things, intersection, blah, 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 blah. That's you. What's the problem? What's the problem? Why, why are you still working 60 hours a week and you have a family? Why are you still working 60 hours a week and you have a husband? Hmm? Why are you working 60 hours a week and you have small children in their most formative years? What's going on? What are you doing? Making just enough to pay for your mortgage and your daycare and, and after school programs? What about you? What about you and that child? That child is going to become a man or a woman and you're not going to know them and they're not going to know you. And then you're going to wonder why they turned into Adolf Hitler and not Albert Einstein. And you're not going to blame yourself. Hmm? Like I said, behind every great man is a great woman. So behind every mediocre or evil man, what's behind him? Anybody ever ask that question? We all, you know, everyone you can't, you, like I said, equity. Equality and equity means that you're sharing the responsibility and blame. Diversity, inclusion, equity, and accountability. You have to take ownership of how this world is turning out, how these boys are turning out, because no one cares about boys anymore. And I, okay, if that's the case, cool. Like I said, we it was an overcorrection. Now we, we we wanted to make sure that women were in, in higher ed and women were represented in the workforce and corporate industries and all industries. And here they are. Here 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 we are. If fifty plus percent of of women are in the medical profession and in the in the law profession, at that point, and in the medical field and the educational field, nursing, nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, all the way down the gambit. I, I went, uh, I was at the, the doctor with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. The orthopedic surgeon was a woman. The nurse practitioner was a woman. The uh, registered nurse was a woman. And the only person, the anesthesiologist was a dude. When you add those three salaries of those women together, that was about 300 grand right there between three workers 300 g's of 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 work of workers that that with their level of education and their access to resources and funds that's formidable politically to change the dialogue that's all i'm saying is the dialogue going to change or or did did women just want a seat at the table you just want a seat at the table at the burn in the burning house in the house where you have the worst income inequality that the that the world has ever seen, did you just want to seat at that table, or did you want to change it? That you have a bunch, you have an overworked society. Because you see the Great Resignation, that was mostly women. That was mostly women saying, "I'm." T 
tired. If I could be home with my family, with my boyfriend, my husband, my kids, whatever, I'd do that over this. Yeah, you realize, whoa, yeah. So I'm hoping that that plus the inclusion of women and the, now the, 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 the dominance and the preeminence of women in the marketplace now, in the workforce, in the in the in the in the in the um uh, the highest rungs of professions. Okay, I'm hoping <clears throat> that's going to change the conversation, and I hope that conversation changes within the next eighteen months, because time stands still for no one. So if we want this world to change and we don't like the way things are going on, we can roll our eyes and say men. But let me tell you something. It's never been a greater time to be an Anglo woman in the world than to be an Anglo woman in the 21st century in the United States of America. It's never been this good. This is the best it has ever been. When gold collar professions can now proudly brag proudly boast that ah look at us we have 50 plus, over 50 percent of our, our our medical and our uh, law students are, are women med students law students are women how's that for progress kidding me you kidding me with those kind of numbers i'm looking for fundamental shifts and nothing else will do nothing else will do when I turn on the TV, I see the view, who's the view, it's her view, her purview, her perspective, her, I see it all over. So I'm waiting to see, it's all of this talk about I can do it by myself, I don't need a man, I don't, yeah, okay, wonderful. I'm looking for fundamental shifts. Are women going to use this as an opportunity to reduce the work week so they can spend more time with their families? That's what I want to know. Uh, that's what I want to know. That's the ultimate question. If I were to vote for a woman right now, and I voted for Dr. Jill Stein in one of the elections, I think it was the 2016 election or 2020 election, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, for, for president. Her politics was more aligned with mine than all the other uh, things. I would never vote for a Hill. I would never vote for a Clinton. You know, I hope Chelsea doesn't run. Um, but that's what it is. Bill, Hillary, none of them. But anyway, if, if a woman were running for office, I'm saying, hey, listen, I want my niece, who's a baby now, who's only like three years old, I want her to live in a country where maternity leave is federally mandated. I want her to live in a country where her work day isn't so long that she's tired by the time she gets home to spend time with her, with her kids and her man. I want her to live in that country. Now, what are you going to do for that? Are you going to vote for maternity leave? Are you going to vote for 180-day maternity leave? And are you going to vote to reduce the work week from five days to four? Or at the very least, if it's still a five-day work week, then at least you, you reduce the work day from eight hours to, let's say, five. Or reduce the, or, or, or six, five hours, 25. Are you going to reduce the, reduce the full time uh, so a woman, so a mother, so a wife can be home with their family if we're really, really serious about the family values line? I want people to start demanding that from the female politicians, every or everybody who's you know everybody who applauds every time a woman becomes a CEO, 
every time a woman becomes the first vice president of such and such and such and such or the first regional such and such awesome applause 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 what are you doing to change the dynamic because this is about family this isn't about more corporations okay this isn't about that that's not what this is about okay that's what i want to know that's what I want to know. I want to know if the zeitgeist, if the conversation is going to change or is it just going to be more of the same? You tell me. In any case, guys, this was awesome. We're going to continue this conversation later. Later on, have a good one.